0: So every time we gather here to commemorate the Lord's death in resurrection, consciously or unconsciously, we bring with us everything that's happened in the world. This weekend, maybe one of the things that you have brought here is the terrible destruction and death of those tornadoes in Tennessee and Kentucky and in other states. And when that happens, you wouldn't be alone for thinking, "Wow, boy, I'm glad that wasn't us." And I have to admit, I I, I kind of think, "Boy, I, I'm glad that I'm not the pastor of St. Joseph's Church there in Mayfield, Kentucky. That's the place where the governor still." is expecting that there might be as many as a hundred people who died. And I say that because the readings that we just heard, if they're able to have Mass there this weekend, they're hearing those same words. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. How would they hear that? How would they hear that if they lost a home or even more, if they lost a relative or a close friend? Just that fast. How is it being heard perhaps by one or more of you who are going through a particular dark time in your life? I suspect it's about the same way as the prophet's declaration was heard in Jerusalem the first time that those words echoed forth. It was Jerusalem at a time where worship of pagan gods was rampant. In that time, not long before its destruction, it was a city about to be overrun by the Babylonians. It's a city Where poor for, where care for the poor and the widow and the orphan had just about disappeared. It was to that group of people at that historical moment, the prophet declared, shout for joy, O daughter Zion. Sing joyfully, O Israel. Be glad and exalt with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. So, I think we rightly ask whether that be Mayfield, Kentucky, or Jerusalem of 2,000 or more than 2,000 years ago, where is the joy? And maybe if we continue to hear the prophet, we begin to get some idea of the message. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior, he will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings at festivals. The fact is, that when you look around and you don't find a whole lot of cause for joy in the world around you, that's precisely when we give thanks that God rejoices in us, that you are God's chosen as Paul reminds us constantly, that you are God's delight. And the incomprehensible nature of God's peace, of God's delight, is the fact that it is bestowed in the midst of difficulties. Paul tells us to rejoice in the Lord. Peace and joy are found in Christ Jesus, that is, in the very mystery of God's love, God's rejoicing in us, even to the point of offering his Son. The coming of Christ Jesus did not eliminate the darkness. Light came into the world, and the darkness did not overcome it. But on the other hand, the light did not completely obscure the darkness. Joy is based on a spiritual knowledge that, first of all, God delights in you, and that while the world in which we live may be shrouded in darkness, God has overcome the world. Joy, in this perspective, is the fruit of hope And of faith. Hope is something other than wishes, and joy is something other, or indeed more than happiness. Wishes and happiness generally refer to things or events. You wish that the weather would change, the war would end, but hope and joy are spiritual gifts rooted in an intimate, relationship with the one who loves you, who delights in you, because he created you. He loves you with an everlasting love and will always remain faithful to you. So joy is not to be found in what I possess, even if that which I possess is an intangible thing, even like good health. Rather, joy is found in the one who possesses me.